One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is Sable Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Courtney Eck. And it was going to be my night, but then Courtney texted him and was like, hey, I got a really crazy story. Can I do it tonight? And I was like, heck yeah, you can, which is a good thing because I am a little brain dead. You guys, yeah, sometimes you, I don't know if I've ever had this experience to this level where you dig into a story and it gets crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. So this is the crazy, crazy, diabolical, wild case of Okie Al Kite. Whoa, that's quite a name. I know, isn't it a wonderful little name? Mm-hmm. So, in March of 2004, a man calling himself Robert Cooper took out money from a 7-Eleven in the University of Colorado Hospital in Aurora, Colorado, which 100% is cursed, I'm convinced. Yes, we talked so about that. many cases there. So many cases. And he used it to buy a burner phone nearby. It's beautiful, and we were born nearby, and I love everything about Colorado, so I'm definitely not trying to smack talk Aurora, but man, some something weird in that soil. Mm-hmm. Cooper was looking for a new place to live and so needed the phone to call local landlords who were advertising rental homes. Cooper told the individuals that he contacted that he was an employee of Wells Fargo, had recently moved to the area from the East Coast, and was living with his sister while he looked for a place of his own. Cooper toured several homes and eventually came to the property of a man named Oki Alkite, who went by Al, who had a basement apartment in his home that he rented for extra income. Alkite was born in 1951 in Nash County, North Carolina, and had a very normal upbringing, and his mother passed away when he was 18 years old. In 2004, Al was a single man who lived alone in his townhouse and remained close to a stepdaughter from a previous marriage, but had no other children. He worked at a consultancy firm in Denver, and before that, he had worked for an engineering firm, which had allowed him to live on both coasts and even in Algeria for five years, so he was extremely well-traveled and very intelligent. Can you tell me the year again? 2004. Okay. When the job opportunity arose in Colorado in 1998, he jumped on it as he was an avid outdoorsman and loved a variety of outdoor activities, which Colorado was known for. He had plenty of friends, was in a serious relationship with a woman named Linda, and was described as a, quote, kind, trusting, and generous individual who lived a very low-risk life. 
So in May of 2004, Al's longtime tenant moved out, and so he posted an ad in the University of Colorado Medical School's library and in a local newspaper to get the word out about the space for rent, and that's how he met Cooper. Cooper set up two initial visits to Al's home, and one would assume the first was to tour the property, and the second was a follow-up to discuss the details of their agreement and for Cooper to drop off his deposit money. Al's girlfriend Linda said she only got a quick look at Cooper as he left after his first visit, and while she didn't get a clear look at his face, she said that he was dressed very nicely in nice pants and a suit jacket. Al informed her a couple of days later that he'd agreed to rent him the apartment. So on May 22, 2004, Linda was flying to visit her brother in Virginia Beach, and so Al drove her to the airport. On the way, he let her know that he planned to make a couple of repairs to the apartment and to help Cooper move in a couple of heavier items. Linda called when she landed at 3.30 p.m. and said that he was unusually quiet during the call. She said she assumed Cooper was in the room with him, and so Al was being a little reserved in the conversation because he was in front of someone he didn't know that well and was feeling a little self-conscious. I also read that she said that he was in a perfectly good mood and told her he'd just fixed the pipe with the neighbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but regardless, he was alive at 3.30 p.m. and was able to answer the phone. So the next day was a Sunday, and Al didn't show up to play golf with a friend and then didn't show up for work on Monday, which aroused suspicions. His workmates eventually called his sister in Virginia, who was listed as his emergency contact, and she called the local police and requested a wellness check as it was deeply out of character for Al to miss work with no notice. Good. You know. Police entered Al's home and found an extremely gruesome scene in the basement apartment. Trigger warning, you guys, for extreme violence and torture. I won't go into too many details, but it is pretty bad. So they found Al in the bedroom, and his body had been hogtied with, quote, cords and very specific ligatures and knots, and the bindings had then been removed from the scene by the killer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there was it was obvious that he had been hog, hogtied, but they mm-hmm. were the bindings Taken were away. not there. Mm-hmm. They determined that he had been tortured over a number of hours, including an ice pick being inserted into parts of his face, blunt force trauma, foot whipping, and stabbing. No, 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 no. Yep. While it seemed that the torture occurred throughout the entire day, authorities were pretty sure Al had passed away on the 22nd, the same day that Linda had left on her trip. Wow, that's awful. Yep. When police searched the upstairs of the home, there were no signs of a struggle, but there were signs that Cooper had spent a lot of time in Al's home after the murder. He'd used Al's shower, slept in his bed, cooked and ate food in his kitchen, and had worn some of his clothing. Wow. Cooper had also, quote, put several knives, other small weapons, the house keys Kite had given him, and some other items in the kitchen sink and filled it with bleach. It's basically anything he'd touched. Mm -hmm. All of the surfaces in the home had been wiped clean, and bleach had been poured down the drains to destroy any potential evidence. It seems that Cooper then took Al's wallet, phone, and truck keys, stole Al's truck, and drove to an ATM where he withdrew $1,000 while wearing gloves and a ski mask to cover his identity. Wow, really thought this shit through. Uh, Just wait, Sadie. Just you wait. 
He then used several of Al's credit cards to make purchases around town, which I don't, I don't, they're undisclosed for some reason, but then drove the truck to a couple of blocks from Al's home and abandoned it. He then walked back to Al's house where he put the truck keys in the bleach solution in the sink and disappeared. Wow. Authorities learned that Cooper had met with several potential landlords before settling on Al, so we're like, sweet, we'll get a slam dunk description since he interacted with so many people in the area. Wrong. Capital W, wrong. What? Quote, Cooper's story and appearance were rather fluid, and everybody seemed to have met somebody different. Oh my God. Witnesses, yes, witnesses described him as ranging from late 20s to mid 50s. What? At 20s? Yes. At times he affected an accent while others detected none. Wow. When Cooper met Al, he was using a cane to support himself and had a severe limp, but other people said that that was absent when they met him. It's like a, what's that? Kaiser Sose. <laughs> it's not who I was thinking of, but we'll go with it. Yes. Who are you thinking of? The catch me if you can guy. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Just a master of disguise. Yeah. But murder disguise. But it's like torture and murder. What premeditated murder from uh, hell disguise. Yes. Lee. Al told Linda that Cooper had been in his mid forties with wavy brown hair, stood around five, eight and weighed around 180 pounds. So I'm assuming he was like, Fully average build, maybe slightly short. One witness said Cooper gave her a really bad feeling, and others said he seemed perfectly normal. The woman who got the bad feelings said he didn't say much during their meeting to see her home, but that he was strangely preoccupied with studying the windows around the home. Oh no, dude. Yeah, she was like, hairs stand up, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, Uh, no. Can you imagine being one of these other people that he had interviewed for their rentals? Oh, no. No. To make the investigation even more frustrating, Cooper waited 30 days before he activated the burner phone, knowing that 7-Elevens, where he purchased the phone, delete all of their surveillance camera footage after storing it for 30 days. Wow. I'm going to just say wow 150 times this episode. There's so much more wow to come to. And wow, lowercase wow in a bad way or capital wow. This case is fucking crazy. Yeah. He never made a single personal call on the phone, only using it to reach out to potential landlords. And he moved all over Aurora to make the calls. So there wasn't a single point to help determine his home base or places he frequented, which was also kind of advanced intelligence in 2004, because I don't think we were fully aware of how cell phones worked then. Right. I'm you know sure what the I'm information saying? was available. We just didn't know about it. It wasn't common knowledge for yeah. true crime wasn't rampant in popular culture yet. So he also used stolen addresses and social security numbers when filling out the applications for the homes he was inquiring about. And it'll come as no surprise that the name Robert Cooper was a fake name. Mm-hmm. Once he'd killed Al, he placed his phone, his phone and Al's phone in an area frequented by homeless people, knowing the phones would be picked up and ping all over the city to throw them off and stall them even more. <laughs> Courtney, I just I cannot get over it. But what if he had actually accidentally used his real name? That would have been pretty embarrassing. <laughs> just as, like the most perfect, meticulous, well thought out, well covered up crime ever. But 
Whoops. one tiny detail. I mean, we've covered so many crimes that are exactly like that. Like you've thought of everything except for mm-hmm. the most important detail. Right. So the only helpful piece of evidence that was found, and it is a potentially extremely helpful piece, was a single drop of blood in Al's apartment. Good old Parabon Nanolabs used the blood, Mm -hmm. which we talked about in a recent episode, to create a snapshot of physical characteristics of Al's killer when he would have been 25, but they don't know how old he was when he committed the murder or how old he is now. I guess I'd never thought of that, especially if you don't know how, like, there's such a wide age range. Yeah. Well, the ones, they also created one for when he was 44. They found one. So there's one for when he could have, would be 25 and would be 44. Wouldn't it be crazy if you could age somebody with their DNA? Like, there'd be a way to say how old they were at the time of the sample? Yes, yes, yes. And I've kind of thought that there was. but Yeah. I mean, there is not. I mean, there might be now, but there was not around this time. So he is a Southeast European male of unknown age and unknown body type who likely has fair or very fair complexion, brown or hazel eyes, black to brown hair, and few or no freckles. Oh, well, that narrows it down. I know, right? (laughs) One of the people who interviewed Cooper for a room said he spoke with a Romanian accent, and that person happened to be a professor who was very familiar with Eastern European languages, so it could be a clue if their recollection is accurate. Hmm. Police pretty quickly ruled out robbery as a motivation for the killing, as Cooper did take out some money and used Al's credit cards, but Al had a significant amount more in his bank account, and there were no additional withdrawals, and nothing of value was taken from the home. Good old Paul Holes took a deeper look at this case, and specifically wondered if the way Al was bound was a clue toward the killer's true identity because mm-hmm. the bindings were really elaborate and very specific. They specifically... Sailor. Pardon? Sa- well, sailor. He, he actually <laughs> consulted with like a binding expert, and that's what he said. He was like, well, probably a sailor. It's always a sailor. <laughs> yeah. And so the knots, you know, normally when you're hogtied, it's just between your wrists and your ankles, and his... Uh, bindings went up over his elbow and then also up over uh, his knee. Oh, I did so, not like that. No. And he also knew to use like a, a rod to oh, pull no. as hard as he could rather than it's using like his hands. Military. So he, exactly. Yes. Ugh, I don't know why I know so much about knots and hot <laughs> guys. Ooh, like, I don't like this about sailor, myself. Sailor, 100% military. Yeah. So Paul Holes consulted with an expert who pointed out that one of the ways Al was tortured was by several whips and cuts to the bottom of his feet. It's just the, no. I mean, the, the details are so horrifying, but that one in particular, no, thank you. Well, and it's more horrifying to know it's a common practice of torture in Turkey for extracting information from people. Mm-hmm. The origin of hog tying is also from a Turkish group called Hezbollah which mm-hmm. is a, quote, Kurdish Sunni Islamist militant organization. And that group is also known for their torture tactics, specifically with sharp objects. Like I mentioned before, one witness said Cooper had spoken to her with a Romanian accent. And one expert said that a lot of Romanians migrate into Turkey, either for industrial jobs or to go to university. And the Turkish Hezbollah specifically recruited those populations of people, those immigrant people. Mm-hmm. 
The Hezbollah got too powerful over time, and in 2000, the government cracked down on the group, resulting in several of them being arrested and many others fleeing, and where nobody knows where they ended up. So, Paul Holes' theory is that Cooper participated in this specific form of torture against other Turkish rebels, enjoyed doing it, mm-hmm. and so when he arrived in the United States, he decided to re-engage in the practice either for pleasure or for pay. Oh, boy. Yes. Either way, that's so awful. Chilling to the maximum. Yes. So I also found an article written by Michael Whelan of Unresolved Podcast, who pointed out that there was another very similar murder that occurred in 1999. And the victim, a 54-year-old man named Lee Scott Hall, worked at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory which is the same company that Al worked at around that time. Mm-hmm. So Lee Hall had been working as a lead designer on a $1.2 billion national ignition facility, which, quote, when completed, will monitor the nation's nuclear stockpile without the need for underground testing, which <laughs> I know exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clear sense. <laughs> um, so Hall determined that a mistake had been made. This all sounds so fake but it's real. Hall determined that a mistake had been made when there was a miscalculation in the installation process of the super laser beams. (laughs) Honest to God, this is real. Yep. That would cost the company a minimum of a million. And in one place, I read multi-millions of dollars to fix. Uh Uh-oh. The project was already five years behind schedule and $350 million over budget. The fix was eventually approved, and around the same time, Hall received a very large pay increase. One month later, though, on October 20th, 1999, Hall didn't show up for work, and some co-workers went into his home to check on him. Hall's body was found face down in his bedroom, and he had been severely beaten and stabbed to death over a long period of time. There was no sign of a robbery or a struggle of any kind in the rest of the home, indicating that the killer must have known him, but Hall was notoriously reclusive and orderly, so no one knew who that person might have been. Similar, very similar to Al's murder, Hall's vehicle was found a block away from his home with his wallet inside with all of his contents intact. His car keys were never found. Hmm. So detectives who worked the case said that Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory was not at all cooperative in the investigation, and one of them commented, quote, we are not getting the whole picture from that lab. Hmm. The lab responded by saying, quote, the Livermore police have given us no formal connection between Mr. Hall's death and the lab. They just haven't done that, said spokeswoman Susan Houghton. We have cooperated with them at every level, and we would continue to cooperate. Mr. Hall was very well liked, and his death was a terrible loss to the project. We want to see it resolved, but a direct connection to his work at NIF, the connection is just not there. So they thought that he maybe was killed because of the work he was doing? Because of the delays? He's the one that figured out that there was an issue. And so they're already under tremendous pressure. They're behind schedule. They are massively over budget. And he was like, oops-a-daisy, you guys, there was a miscalculation, and these lasers are not going to fit or work or turn the way they need to turn for this to be successful. Right. And it was going to cost, I saw a million dollars in some place else, I saw multi-millions of dollars okay. to fix it. 
They did fix it. They did approve the fix. And around the same time, he got a pay raise. So the suspicion is that either there was something in relation to his work and like him being a whistleblower or something, you know, Mm -hmm. or somebody else, he got somebody else in trouble maybe Mm -hmm. because he you know, because he found the miscalculation. So maybe that person got in trouble and then he got a pay raise. And then that person was like, oh, hell no, you know. (laughs) Right, right. But it was just really suspicious. And then after he died, the lab was like deeply unhelpful. Granted, this is like high, high security government contracts, just sort of shit with super lasers involved and stuff. Stranger things shit, sounds like. Basically. So they're not going to be like, oh, come on in, darlings. Yes, please help yourself to all of our high clearance (laughs) information. Yes, right. But one of the detectives on the case said that the lab didn't reveal that Hall had discovered the expensive error so close to his murder until about four months after his death. And it is a significant detail. Mm -hmm. Quote, Is it connected to his death? The detective asked. I can't tell you for sure. Maybe there are some things others above his co-workers don't want to be made public. Uh Uh-oh. Hall was an extremely private, hardworking, studious individual who didn't seem to interact with enough people in his life to create any enemies, but he clearly created one, and no one knows who that person is to this day. Ugh, Courtney. So, I decided, Courtney Eck was like... Let's just Google, Google Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and the word murder to see if there are any other murders associated with the place. And guess what, guys? There are. Oh, no. Yes. Courtney, they're going to come for us. Laura was like, why are you telling me this? (laughs) It's like, sleep with one eye open. I'm way more afraid of strange laboratories than I am like dudes. Not really, well, but kind of. <laughs> I am not alleging anything. I'm just going to state the facts, mm-hmm. and the facts are fucking weird, y'all. I don't like it. Okay, and you've probably heard of this case. I kind of pissed my pants a little bit when I saw that this case is associated with this fucking laboratory. So on October 14th, 1995, so this is 95, Hall was 99, and then Al was 2004. So these are within 10 years of each other. So on October 14, 1995, aerobics instructor Kathy Mauser left to teach a class and reminded her 14-year-old daughter Gemma that she was grounded on the way out because she didn't want her to use the phone while she was gone. When Kathy returned home, Gemma was nowhere to be found. Her body was later found nude and dumped near a walnut orchard, and she had been brutally beaten and strangled to death via ligature. Hmm. Gemma had defied her parents and made several calls that day to her friends, and on one of them, her friend said she hung up the phone very suddenly without saying goodbye. Gemma's stepfather, Douglas Mauser, worked at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and had the highest security clearance as a computer expert for the company. He claimed that he had been at that lab that day, And when I was reading about Hall, one of the employees said, we work seven days a week. That's just what we do. Like it was a direct quote about Mm -hmm. Hall. Mm -hmm. They work all the time. He's like, Hall was super studious and he just fell, you know, he's a great employee, fell in line. So Mauser, Douglas Mauser said, I was at work. I was at the laboratory. And so when police looked for the security footage from that day, 
the cameras hadn't been working. Of course not. They also weren't working at the Jack in the Box where he claimed he'd stop for lunch. <laughs> you are kidding me. No, Sadie. Stranger Things. Cover up. Stranger Things. Courtney. Pull- uh, Sadie, They're just coming wait. For us. Just wait. Look out my window. Just wait. Police then searched Douglas's car and quote brought in Gary Robertson, a Canadian specialist in photogrammetry, the practice of using mathematical calculations to uncover information about a picture. Okay, you're just making shit up at this point. <laughs> How legitimate does that sound how often have you heard of photogrammetry used so quote robertson theorized that post-mortem indentations found on Gemma's thigh matched the impressions a seat belt and car rug in douglas mouser's vehicle would leave if her body lay in a certain position okay there was also some evidence that they found star thistle in Douglas's car that could also be found in the area that Gemma's body was found. The prosecution decided to charge him with the murder of his stepdaughter based on this evidence. No, they didn't. Yes, Sadie. Yes, because a Canadian guy said, look at this picture of her body, of her thigh. Mm-hmm. Whoop, match up to no, his seatbelt no, no. and rug in his car. No, uh, I've no. I mean, we've heard I and mean, we've talked about so much pseudo forensics. Yep. That's like at the top of the list. I've never heard of anything more outlandish. Yeah. Like the craziest, the craziest thing, too, is that there is a forensic files about this case. I was gonna, and, it sounds like it. Yes. And everybody, if you go to Reddit or any post, Google post, um, chat rooms to read about this everyone's like this is the garbagest garbagey evidence forensics that i we've ever heard of like this is crazy crazy what else could make those indentations and what what else could you get that thistle seed or whatever like you know yeah we live we live in the country thistles are fucking everywhere everywhere. you cannot get rid of them no (laughs) No. my dog brings them in on his Thing. My dog is like planting murder evidence all over town with yes. his little harness. Yes. yes. It's cr- yeah. That's, they were like, yep, case closed, no. bring him in. Yes. So their theory was that Douglas was sick of his daughter's teen attitude. She was also diagnosed with um, oppositional defiance disorder. So I think she was like a really naughty teen. But mm-hmm. he was sick of her attitude. And when he came home and found her on the phone, which she was not supposed to be using, he snapped and beat her to death and then strangled her with a ligature. Not likely. Not, not likely it. at all. He then removed her clothes and dumped her body to make it look like a serial killing, and it worked. Douglas Mauser was convicted of second-degree murder and remains in prison for her murder <laughs> to this day. On that evidence alone. Yes, Sadie. Yes. Wow. Yes. Because wow. they couldn't find him because he's... They, couldn't find him on the security cameras and this photo and this thistle crazy things crazy. Well, how are they suggesting that he somehow got the f- footage no like, they're just you saying said the you footage wasn't there right we have no evidence that you were there yeah they're like but you can't prove that you are at work or but at the at how, the jack-in-the-box how would he know that there was no footage like it wouldn't be no, an alibi I'm t- no no i know i'm just saying like just because you can't say he was 
there doesn't mean he wasn't there. Yeah, but they were like, right. you don't have an alibi. So it was you, period. Wow. Like, you were mad at her. She was a bratty teen. Case closed. I don't like that. So I couldn't find one quote from Douglas or any indication that the lab had anything to do with it. But it is very strange to me that three extremely gruesome and unexplainable murders took place within 10 years. And all of the victims worked at or were close to high-ranking employees of the lab. Mm-hmm. I did also find a 2015 article, get this, about how an 80-year-old woman apparently mistook her gas pedal for her brake pedal, drove up over the curb and 60 feet into a gym. And she ran straight into 49-year-old Catherine Barker, who is the CFO of Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory at the time. What? Yes, Sadie. She was taking a resistance training class at 6.30 in the morning when she was struck and killed. Oh, my God. Five others were injured, but no one else died. Um. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, Um. Stranger things are spooky. It's spooky. (laughs) That is weird. Mm -hmm. That is really weird to me. Right? Am I how wrong? big is the how big is the laboratory? Huge. So, I, like, so it's, we need to date. We need to take a bunch of other labs. We need to do some some statistics here, like get the other labs doing high security yeah. shit, and then right. look at how many people are murdered. And is this lab normal? Like, is this the right. normal amount of burners that happen at Regardless, laboratories? Like, I don't think. I mean. If there are a bunch of people getting murders at any laboratory, even if that is like a thing that comes with being, you know, like high security, that's still a problem. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Yes. Like people I guess working, so. working in, you know, Walmart's corporate headquarters are not getting groom, like brutally Gruesomely. murdered. Gruesomely brutally yes. murdered. Or have it being framed for their stepdaughter's gruesome right. brutal murders right yeah i agree with you yes it seems very strange and that last one really set me over the edge too yeah that's it was like some jason is... born like she got turned right. on <laughs> i guess took a while i mean she lived most of her life but then yeah you know, god and, and she was the cfo she was in the c-suite right. of the laboratory and six thirty in the morning like what mm-hmm. is an 80 year old woman doing out there and what a perfect assassin if you're going to yes. assassinate somebody like pretending like an 80 year old woman doesn't. Was, did she survive the crash? Yeah. Yep. Everybody survived except for the woman that she hit. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And it's also like we have a friend who mistook the gas, but I think it's a common thing to do. I think people do it pretty frequently, but I don't think you go <clears throat> up over in and 60 feet. That is the thing that really kind of got me too. Yeah. You know, maybe once you get the gas going and trajectory or whatever, but I don't know, man, that really freaked me out. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just all a little too weird. So back to poor Al Kite, who started this whole thing. Police are pretty sure that whoever Robert Cooper is, He meticulously planned the murder for a very long time and simply wanted to experience torturing and killing an innocent man. Al's sister Barbara said, quote, It's so hard to imagine why it was done. The guy was doing it for the thrill. He just wanted to find people to kill. He brought his own little torturing kit. 
He knew he had all the time in the world. She thinks Al was targeted because Cooper knew he'd be alone and because of his kind and helpful nature. I hate it. I don't entirely know, but that shit, no matter how you slice it, is deeply, deeply disturbing. And WT heck, you guys, what is happening? That's so crazy. Yeah. Like if we if we don't have to worry about the Stranger Things lab coming for us, we got to worry about this other psychopath. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like horrible. Even if the, even if somebody paid Cooper to do what he did, and he's like known, you know, he's like, and that's what kind of once I started reading or listening to the Paul Hole stuff, I was like, well, shit. If this guy was a trained torturer, you know, by a militant group. And then comes to the United States, gets like intercepted, you know, by whomever. And they're like, well, now that you're here, we might as well use you or so, you know, it's like, ugh. or he's just a, or he's just a horrible killer. He's just a psychopath. It seems his MO is so clearly like what other murders have been this well planned. Right. And has he stopped now? Because if it was just for the thrill of it, he is not going to stop. Correct. after one. It's not like, oh, that itch was scratched. Yeah. And there were two other murders that I read about that were very similar. Like the men were bound. It was middle-aged men. They were bound. They were, you know, like took their time. They were sort of tortured and stabbed and beaten to death. You know, it was a similar MO. But they were in like Kentucky and then someplace else. And of course, Israel Keys came up, but then people were like, well, Israel, mm-hmm. Israel Keys it doesn't fit that genetic description, but everybody, you know, it's like any any murder that's unsolved definitely happened because Israel Keys did it, but, right, you know, of course. similar. Yeah. How old was Al? He was born in 51. Okay, so. like our dad's age, but, yep. in, but in 2004. Yes, correct. So, 50s. Yeah. So he wasn't old. No, no, no. He was an active, like... No, he could have defended himself. His his girlfriend said he was a pacifist, so she wasn't surprised that Cooper got the best of him. Yeah. Yeah. He said, like, once he realized, and there was only one way in and out of the basement, so she said once he realized that he was trapped, he would have just, like, complied because that was his sort of personality. That's so awful. Beyond awful. Yeah. Yep. And then there was a part of me, too, that was like, what if it's not just one person? You know, because it... It, I don't know. It just has such a vibe of like super mystery and super, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm manufacturing that because I went down that rabbit hole with the lab and Paul Holes mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But people were like, he's all these different people. But I was like, what if he was several different people? Like, what if they were working together, you know, <laughs> to do this? Like, it's just like a torture club or something. Right. I mean, I you know, I don't know. I don't, yes, that's so scary to think about. Yep. And there's no evidence of that whatsoever, other than the fact that people were like, but I I mean, I think it was probably one person just sort of mixing up his identity as he went along to throw them off. But I mean, you never know. It could be two, three people doing it together. Ugh. Well, thanks for that, my nightmare fuel. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, we're now the targets of Super Lab Laser Town Laboratory, USA. (laughs) God, it's going to be like... And in breaking news, the sisters of they will kill. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna have to be something super, super like off the wall. 
Like we mm-hmm. both simultaneously got struck by hang gliders or something. Yes, right. Oh, right. I don't like it. Yes, I don't like it. So, what do you guys think? Are we onto something? Are we reaching? Let's are let's there, hope we're reaching. <laughs> are there Turkish assassins in the United States yeah. working for top secret labs to disappear people? I mean, or is you know it all there just are. a you crazy, are. crazy weird coincidence that all of these cases had one thing in common? And Ugh. it's a crazy high security laboratory. <laughs> Please tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. It's fucking terrible. And I think, I mean, they will have had to find this guy eventually, right? They've got his blood. They've got his DNA. And I know they're going. They're smart. He's going to stay out of CODIS. Yeah. And they are trying to use genealogy now to find him. That is their Mm -hmm. next step. But Mm -hmm. he's Balkan and. He's not from here, and so it will probably take a while for that to work itself through, from what I could ascertain. Wow. But Paul Holes is on the case, because he was like, I can't stop thinking about this case, and I definitely (laughs) will not be stopping thinking about this case. Yeah, me either. None none of us will. No. Don't like it. So, yeah, it's real hard to just switch from, what is that, espionage? Is that espionage? I don't know what that is. Money laundering. I know it's not money laundering. Cover-ups. Anyway, just heinous, heinous, heinousness. Heinous behavior on whatever level to name time. But you guys, guess what? It's name time. It's name time. Let's do this. It's name time. So, somebody wrote in. That was extremely much louder than I meant it to be. (laughs) Somebody wrote in and said, I met a dog and his human on a Greyhound bus once. The dog was named Daniel the Cocker Spaniel. (laughs) Daniel the Spaniel. Daniel the Spaniel. Um, There's a pee-pee hotel. (laughs) (laughs) I love anything pee-pee. Why is pee-pee so funny? Pee is not funny. Pee-pee is extremely funny to me. Pee-pee is so funny. (laughs) Baltic Bitch Hotel. Wow. Hotel Cunts, K U N T Z. <laughs> It'll do, Motel. <laughs> uh, somebody has a new vet named Dr. Scooby. No. Somebody pointed out that there was a first name Blessed in an Instagram story that I posted, and she's like, You better call that out on your name time, Blessed. Cute. <laughs> Somebody knew new brothers named Hans and Franz, which is very funny, you know, mid-90s SNL. Yeah. Um, there's an Obi-Wan pierogi. Oh, <laughs> can I eat there? And that's all. That's all oh, I got this week. Quick. I know. Short I know. and sweet. I think summertime, people are doing... Yeah. Well, summertime for us. I'm sorry for those of you in winter right now but oh yeah our australian listeners are freezing their asses Mm -hmm. off but the rest of us are drinking watermelon margs and aperol spritzes and non-alcoholic drinks as you don't have to drink to have fun and surfing (laughs) but body boogie boarding that's right i was at my friend's uh parents house letting the boys have a pool today we were at a pool and i was getting lunch together i had packed a lunch but it wasn't a lot and i got the f- stuff out of the fridge that so I put it in their fridge and I noticed they had a can of lemonade and they're a very generous family and I thought well surely they would let us 
I could split this can of lemonade between the boys, and it would be <laughs> a nice treat. Mike's heart. Well, I pulled it out and simply lemonade. I swear to God, you guys, this is not an ad. <laughs> simply lemonade has a spiked version now. What? But Did I was literally no, no, because I well, luckily I realized before I opened it. But what if I had fed my kids booze? Listen, baby's first spike, spiked lem lems. Baby's <laughs> first right. Mike's hearts. <laughs> No, I do not condone feeding four oh, and seven-year-old spiked lemonades. But oh uh, no, Mm-mm. yeah, that would have been very bad and very fucking funny. Yeah, but now I want to try it because their lemonade is great. I bet their spark, yeah. spiked stuff is great too, right? I mean, everything in a can ends up tasting like malt liquor. Yeah, 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 like country time with that malt, that malt liquor flavor. It's just like <laughs> so if true. Somebody can break the code. Even the best ones, and I've had a couple like two sisters or two chicks mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, is really close, but it's still there. Yeah. If somebody can just round out that flavor, yep. Then uh, be, be, boogie boarding and summertime fun, and with the Mike's Hard's lemonades <laughs> for everyone. God, <laughs> it's how not going to be Mike's Hard's. It's them. not. It's not going to be Mike's that figures no. out how to make no. it not taste like. <laughs> Well, no, they could give two shits about making it taste good. <laughs> we had some uh, <laughs> renters leave behind a bunch of Seagram's escapes, oh. pink and blue. Ooh. And I was like, what in the motherfuck do I do with these pink and blue Seagram's escapes? Because I don't, I'm not going to drink them. Oh, I was and hoping I, you'd try it. You didn't even try it. I have tried those before. I, you only you have. need to try them once, and then you can move on with your life. And not against anything, anyone who likes them, but they are cloyingly street, sweet. Like, yeah. extremely sweet. So I think they're still rattling around in my trunk now that I think about it. Now they've been, like, hot in the car for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And those of you that are, like, 20 and love your super sweet beverages and like enjoy you know don't have any after effects just give it 10 to 15 more years and then we call it headache juice (laughs) yeah like like even if you just have a half of one you wake up next morning with a raging headache oh and it was like where could i find a 21 year old who might want these but then it was like do i really want to spread this around the nation but also yes i don't want to waste i don't know so i just rolled over with inactivity and they remain secret escapes <laughs> in my car i hope that like clients and people who respect me like have seen them back there yes. and like oh that's i didn't really expect that from courtney interesting <laughs> pink and blue huh hmm. <laughs> anyway anyway this really did not i didn't expect um malt beverage banter today but here we are <laughs> they will swill that's what it's called they will swill <laughs> Good one. That was quick. Thanks. <laughs> ILL um, is a good rhyming word. Anyway. Yeah. Is there more that we need to tell these people? I always feel like there's more. Not really. Yeah. Hey, we're going to raise our Patreon prices. Like yep. maybe tomorrow. So yep. if you're listening to this, jump in there quick. Yeah. Probably not tomorrow because that's when I edit and post this. But probably, uh, yeah. let's say by f- Monday Friday. of next week. Okay. We'll raise it by Monday of next week. So you got like five more days. Get in there. Yeah. Get in there quick. Lock I don't think we're going to raise it a whole bunch, but. You know, like two bucks. Yep. Um, okay. Speaking of, these people did what we told them to. <laughs> Snuck in there, locked it in at $3, and tell me their names. I will. I'm going to start with two people who did something really kind of crazy what? and incredible. 
So I'm going to start with Joe S. Mm-hmm. Who gave us $250 for a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it, maybe that's our highest tier. I think we go, I don't even know. But it's like the mega tier. Wow. So, so thank you so much to Joe S. For your huge major support. Listen, I... Let me see if I can be a one-man band right now to throw you a parade. Joe S. is the best of the best, and he is our guy, and we he towers above the rest, or they do, because I don't know if Joe is a male or female, but they rule. They're the best. They're the best. Flag, 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 flag. March, right. March, It's March. Joe without an E, so Probably more like female. Feminine. Yeah, or right. they. But yes. regardless of their gender, they <laughs> are our favorite lender to our Patreon because they gave us so much money, even <laughs> though they didn't need to. Should <laughs> and to we, add I, to... Oh, go ahead. I don't know. I just feel like we should like rent an airplane and write their name in the right? sky. Yeah. I know. Well, no, we didn't just have one recently. We've had two. What? So thank you again to Amy H. Really? Mega tier. Yes. And both of them did the whole year worth of giving. That's crazy. Okay. So. No. So Amy H. and Joe S. Joe S. got a parade. Amy H. gets a, I want to do a synchronized swim performance, but that is visual only. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) what is something that I can do for um, I'm just gonna write. I'm gonna write Amy H a poem, like a sonnet, like a like a scroll. Imagine me with a quill and a scroll. So, Amy H upon she finds a song. The song is one that's very long. If you look inside the song, Amy H will never be wrong. She will go. She will fly. She will fly into the sky. In the sky, Amy H says hi to the people and to their until it's nigh. Is that a, a night? <laughs> yes, until it's nigh, and then she will become so wise, and she already is, and she already knows, and she does, and she does, and she grows, and she shows, and she knows, and she flows, and she already glows. (laughs) Amy H, Amy H, she is the one. Hip, hip, hooray. Yes. (laughs) Like, seriously, you guys, thank you so, so much. Outrageously fucking kind of you. Yes, so generous. And you get good merch at that tier, so. Heck yeah, I do. Looking forward to that. Uh, Do you want to do some more? Yeah, let's do one more. It's so hot in here, you guys. Okay. Uh, But, so I want it to be good. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. This one will be easy. Easy peasy. Thank you so much to Sparrow R. Oh, come on. (laughs) Right when they write themselves, Sparrow. I know. God. Such a such a killer name. Such a killer name because you know what? It can go in any direction. You can be an earth person. You can be a fashion person. You can be a radio personality. You can Mm -hmm. be a fashion designer, a jewelry designer. Mm -hmm. You can be a, you could definitely have a, animal sanctuary a bird sanctuary yes you could be masculine feminine everything in between you could be mm -hmm. whatever the f you want to be 
Yep. And you definitely, definitely have good skin. So for sure. Yep. That. I wish I had known to start a podcast before I had kids so that I could mine all of these amazing <gasps> names Seriously. because Sparrow would definitely have ended up on my list. So many so, of you. Yes, I know. Damn. Marg Sparrow. That would be my children's <laughs> names. <laughs> One of our listeners is having a baby and I told her to feel free to name the baby Courtney Sadie Murder. <coughs> and she's going to. She's 100% going to do it. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> okay, you guys. We I gotta, love you so much. Uh, Let's go before Courtney dies. I got to get out of this room. I oh love my God. You. What if it's the Stranger Things people like cranking up the heat? <laughs> it really feels like it. It's we got to like, go. I've got it set to 70, but I don't have the fan blowing. It's too loud for the podcast. Um, <laughs> we love you so much. We love you so much. And if you miss us between now and next time, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and YouTube at They Will Kill. <coughs> Excuse me. You can. Go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, you guys, please. If you're enjoying us, please go in there. We are, like we've said before, we are growing, and, you know, it yeah. just helps us. When you start growing, you also start showing, just like Amy H. can tell you. <laughs> that means uh, haters. <laughs> haters everywhere. Yeah. Not, Not really everywhere. everywhere. Just no. like sprinkled in. Yeah, uh, thank. Whoops. Yeah, that, that's one too many. Tamp them, tamp them down, please. Thank you, AJ Bergantz, for your music. We also hate him. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, and remember, I just want everyone to remember Four Seasons Total Landscaping because oh my god, <laughs> thanks for that. Thank it is you. legitimately. I mean, it is definitely the funniest thing that's going to happen in our lifetime, politically. <laughs> Hands down, 100%, yes. no question. It is so yes. funny that if somebody wrote it, it would not work. No. Because it's too it's unbelievable. Too unbelievable. Yes. So I just, I, I brought it up recently and then I saw it on a TikTok and this woman was like, it just gives me so much joy. And so I just want to bring that joy to your lives in this moment. Four seasons God, total landscaping. That's amazing. The oh, craziest and... debacle of all time. Yeah. If you're in the U.S., Canada, the surrounding area, go get your kid. You're five and under vaccinated finally. Fill them oh, up with God. it. Pump it. Pump them full of it. No, right? I'm getting mine done. Not mine. My child, my four-year-old, is getting his the day before my 40th birthday. It feels Da-da-da-da. fitting. Yes, so that I could party harder. No, I'm just kidding. But huge sigh of relief. Yes, I'll let you know how it goes. I I believe in science, and I think it'll be super safe for him and protect him. So go do it for your kids too. Hundred percent. We love you guys. We love you so much. Goodbye. See you real soon. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.